Hello and welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby. Thanks so much for joining me. What an exciting weekend of college football. I know it's been a couple weeks, but I'm excited to be back and ready to dive on in for just breaking down some fun action over the college football slate. You know, we had our playoff rankings that were recently released last week, and they moved Ohio State up to number one instead of Georgia or Michigan, going based off a of resume for them. And then Georgia and Michigan haven't super been tested yet. Georgia maybe a little bit more than Michigan. And of course, Michigan's got the whole uh, scandal that's going on with sign stealing. And we haven't come up with a fancy name yet, you know, sign gate, sign stealing gate, something. They've let go of Connor Stallion. So something to monitor. And uh, it was interesting to see like maybe what, you know, the committee would do with Michigan, but yeah. And I don't really blame them saying that's not really our responsibility, but just was interested to see like if they would even just punish them a little bit. But um, so we'll see. We'll see if it, if it takes any effect or as more information keeps coming out into the future. But there was a lot of fun football that was played this past Saturday. And let's let's talk about that. Man, I mean, where do we start? I think you can start with number one, Ohio State. Uh, they went on the road to Rutgers. And I know Rutgers is ready for the divisions to go away because they get the fun Big Ten East. Uh, but Ohio State goes on the road, and they were struggling a little bit on offense. You know, they were losing in that first half, and you know Rutgers pulls off the fake QB sneak, which I thought was cool. Goes underneath the guy's legs and gets a big play. Um, Ohio State then does come back with the a pick six and they kind of take off from there. So a little bit of a sluggish kind of a game at first, but Ohio State does end up coming away in that one, 35 to 16. So uh, it's good for Ohio State to escape. You know, they've already uh, passed the the Penn State game and now they're just looking forward towards, look forward towards Michigan, obviously. And so that will be a big one, especially with all the sign ceiling stuff coming up from that. Uh, from the noon slate as well, you had Texas outlasting Kansas State. This one was crazy. Texas was up with backup quarterback Malik Murphy, freshman. You know, they, they're they're up like I think twenty seven to seven, something big. And and K State, who has been a dark horse team, you know, I had picked K State to play Texas. Actually, I had picked this matchup in the preseason for the big 12 title and that race is just all over the place. I mean, it's kind of hard to know right now, but Texas comes away with a 33 30 win, even though they let up 20 unanswered points, K state comes back with the tying to try to tie the game. They tie the game and then they try to take the extra point. They miss it. And then they trade field goals. It's 30 to 30. Texas goes in overtime at home, gets the field goal. K state it's fourth and three like fourth and goal from the three, or I'm sorry, it, it's fourth and goal. It's fourth and three from like the eight. It wasn't from the goal around there. Instead of going for the field goal, they go for the end zone. You know, you're on the road, you take more chances wanting to own it on, end it on your own, on your own accord. I, it's tough because if you make the field goal, then you get an opportunity. And then after that, you have to go for two. And then like in the second overtime, you have to go for two. And then after that, you have to trade back two point conversion tries, which I don't personally like that, but that's the way the new rule is. So 
I don't hate the decision, but it's just, it's a big decision because if it works, it works, man. And if it doesn't, you're going to have to own that. So K-State comes away with that, but they gave Texas all they could handle in the second half and Texas comes away with it. And now Texas is still the only one loss team in the big 12. From what I remember in a crazy (laughs) to see who's going to play second in that, but that was big for Texas um, as they come down the wire. Um, Mississippi holds on against Texas A&M. Ole Miss was up. A&M comes back. Uh, A&M goes ahead. Then Ole Miss scores with a minute and a half to go. And then A&M has a chance to tie with like a 40-something-yard field goal. They push it wide right. Mississippi holds on. And now the fighting Lane Kiffins are traveling next week to Athens. So they face Georgia, which for another top, for a top 10 matchup, which is going to be pretty interesting, especially for the for both races, you know, to see, you know, this might even be a, a preview of the SEC championship. You don't know. Very interested to see. But Ole Miss just keeps plugging along and they're just quietly just kind of hanging in there. And now we got a top 10 matchup. And if they get the win at Georgia, I mean, you know, who, who knows after that? And then you've got Notre Dame, uh, 15 Notre Dame comes to Clemson. Clemson having just lost to Notre Dame. Or NC State, I mean, and the Notre Dame coming in at seven and two, and you got the whole. If you've been listening on national radio, obviously I'm wearing a Clemson shirt, uh, as as that's the school, like that's the school I graduated from. But you know, hearing about, I mean, Tabo's radio show, Tiger Calls, is making national headlines. Which take that for what you will. I think a lot of it was used out of context. But Tyler from Spartanburg, man, at people everyone's got an opinion about it and i don't know you got injuries and clemson comes out and they just they hit out the gate running they get the long touchdown they get multiple scores they get a pick six and their name has just been on their heels they they bounce back a little bit in the second half but clemson is the one who actually capitalizes on turnovers and they get the 31 23 win at home to improve to five and four massive win Dabo becomes the all-time winningest coach in Clemson football history so it's kind of crazy you know after all that to get against Notre Dame which I thought was pretty big Notre Dame falls to seven and three uh interesting to kind of see where they are but Clemson you know trying to use this momentum to really finish off the season well but man college football it's hard to predict of what this is all going going to look like uh Tennessee and Utah both take care of business in the top 25 army gets the win on the road at air force. They win 23 to three. I thought that was very interesting army with the, the option run hold down air force, Georgia and Missouri. This one was interesting. I, I, you know, I, I picked Missouri to cover cause the, the, the line was 16. It was a 16 and a half or I think it was just 16 is what I was, I was playing at, but, I was like, Georgia, I mean, Georgia's good, but I just wasn't sure, you know, without Brock Bowers and with Carson back the load on his shoulders and, and, and Missouri can score and they can generally hold, you know, hold on to the ball. And last year, this was the 19 to 17 game, you know, where Georgia barely escapes and people kind of forget about it, but Georgia holds on to win. They were up and then they get a late turnover to really seal the deal. But this game is close throughout. And it's interesting. I think Georgia has some weaknesses that if a team is able to capitalize, especially turnovers and um, especially Georgia on the road too. Um, I think they are vulnerable. There isn't like, to me, there's not like a clear number one. This is the obvious choice this year, which just makes it so much more interesting. But 
Georgia definitely has their their flaws as well, but you know they keep fighting hard and they keep playing and then they keep winning. So I mean, it's it, they're tough to beat. They're a reason they've won the past two national titles. Uh, Florida State was on the road at Pitt and just kind of a sloppy game for them. Um, Johnny Wilson was out, I believe, and they just couldn't get the ball going. They fumble it. They, you know, they finally tie it late in the first half at seven. They end up winning twenty four seven, but not pretty. For Florida State, but that's just a survive and advance game for them. They punched their ticket to Charlotte. Remember, in the ACC, there aren't any divisions this year. So, it's just top two teams. So, Florida State undefeated. They will be playing the ACC championship game. So, big for them. Congrats to them on that victory as well as they're trying to settle up the regular season and hoping for a chance in the ACC title and a shot at the playoff. You've got the last... Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, the last ever scheduled Bedlam game in Stillwater, which is kind of crazy to think about. You have this big rivalry game, but because of Oklahoma and Texas moving the SEC and, you know, with all the scheduling stuff, you know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have obviously been a conference game. And you kind of see that with conference realignment. And honestly, I don't blame Oklahoma State. You're like, like you guys left. Like, we're supposed to bend over backwards to to make this work. I don't know. It, it's kind of, it, it's unfortunate. I hope for the game, like for the sport of college football, this comes back, but it's hard to blame Oklahoma state too. Cause I mean, Oklahoma and Texas are the one leaving and you know, there's only so many games. I, I still think this should be played personally, but Oklahoma state's pretty, they, they've made it pretty clear and, and I can understand where they're coming from. And, but they, this is a back and forth game, man. And, Gordon, their, their talented sophomore running back, he looks like he goes down, he comes back, and they come back and win it. They win it 27-24 in just a classic bedlam game. They rush the field. I mean, you know this, you just you know it means a lot to Oklahoma State because it's the last bedlam game, bedlam game. It's in Stillwater, it's at home. They get bragging rights for the foreseeable future over Oklahoma. Oklahoma goes to the SEC, but you can just tell how much this meant to Oklahoma State. And it just makes it makes the Big 12 title race just very interesting because also with them, it's just the top two teams. So it feels like Texas is going to go. But like, who is going to be the other team? Who's going to be the other team to go? It's hard to know right now. Penn State uh, takes care of business on the road at Maryland. I thought this could be a letdown spot, and I wasn't sure how strong the Penn State offense would be, especially with what, what we were seeing against Ohio State and just knowing that, that Maryland can't score. I wasn't saying that it was like Maryland was going to stop them, but I just thought Maryland, Maryland could keep this close. And I was wrong on that. <laughs> Maryland, uh, Penn State just really put it on, especially in the second half, really put it on them. And they went 51 to 15. So James Franklin and, and these guys, they're, they lost to Ohio State, but they're not out of it. And if they beat Michigan and Michigan loses to Ohio State, it makes things interesting in the East for sure. Oh, Louisville takes care of business at home against Virginia Tech. Uh, Louisville's just one of those teams. They are a different animal at home. Like in Louisville, they are tough to play and they're more susceptible on the road. And Virginia Tech, you know, same. They look better at home, of course. But this is a classic. Like, <laughs> who's the home team? Okay, that's who I think is going to win. But Louisville's quietly putting together a really good season. They've got a very favorable schedule as well. And they've got a strong chance as anybody being that second team to come and play in the ACC title. So be very interested to see, but they've got a favorable schedule for their 
for themselves. Tulane escapes at ECU 13 to 10. Oregon takes care of business against Cal 63 to 19, keeping pace in the Pac-12. Um, even though they lost at Harperker or Washington, you know, to keep pace there. Uh, Kansas wins a close one, 28-21 over Iowa State, keeping them alive in the in the Big 12. Michigan and Purdue, there's, you know, a lot of animosity in this game just because of all the the sign stealing stuff and Michigan takes care of business, but um, wasn't sure how distracted they would be after a bye week and everything, but, you know, they come out and win 41, 13. Uh, and then we get to the, the night games, which I thought were very interesting. We're going to start off with Washington and USC. You got the battle of uh, Heisman candidates. You've got Caleb Williams, last year's Heisman winner, Michael Penix Jr., who's a front runner right now with a chance to win the Heisman or, or trying to make his case for it. And USC trying to keep their, their PAC 12 hopes alive and Washington trying to stay unblemished and get their shot, you know, for a PAC 12 title and, and a shot at the, at the playoff. And this one was back and forth, man. And it's, I, I, I'm kind of just mixed when I when I when I think of USC and honestly with these Lincoln Riley teams because they're so good on offense, but they just haven't put the emphasis I would think into to defense. And it's like they score 42, which is great. You're going to be a lot of teams that way, but this Washington team they're a very powerful offense and they can go toe to toe with you, you know. And if you don't get stops, it stops it doesn't matter, and, and they end up losing 52 to 42. You know, one turnover, you don't score, and you, you win a shootout, and it's tough. I mean, with these bigger teams, like these bigger name brand teams, that's tough to do. And, and USC's going to have to circle back and really, you know, decide how much more emphasis they're going to want to put on defense, especially stopping the run, too. I think they need to be, even if you're giving up some points, like you have to be able to get off on third down and get those stops to, to, to beat these higher teams. And Washington was really good in this game. Uh, their running back, he was Dylan Johnson. I mean, if I have that right, was let me see, he was 26 for 256 and four touchdowns. It's crazy. I mean, Moffa, Phil Moffa for Clemson was 36 for 186 and two touchdowns, but he had 26 carries, 254 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, or 56. I mean, it, that was crazy. Penix and him had exactly the same amount of yardage. Um, very balanced attack. Caleb Williams played well, 27 to 35, 312 yards, three touchdowns. Um, but they just couldn't match it up late. And so now USC is going to go back to the drawing board and see how much they can, but they can't take any breaths. They've got a tough regular season in Washington. You know, they're unblemished. And now they've got an interesting stretch too for them. As I look for their schedule, they've got. Utah next week, but Utah, that's on the road. 3.30 game on Fox against uh, 7-2 Utah, but they're still playing their backup quarterback. Then they go on the road to Oregon State. That one is very interesting and underrated. And then they host Washington State in the Apple Cup. So uh, Washington could still lose one of those, and that's but still, still be you know one of the top teams in the Pac-12. This team, the, the Pac-12 race is just so crazy, and, and I think for their own sake in this last year, as their last hurrah, you kind of almost hope that they don't cannibalize one another and give themselves a shot to have a team represent them in, in the playoff down the road. But that's a conversation for later. It's just interesting as we're getting down these, these final games. 
And looking, we had LSU and Alabama. This one was a really fun one to watch. You had two very dynamic quarterbacks, especially with their legs, with Jalen Milrow for Alabama and Jaden Daniels for LSU. This was a very back and forth tie ball game at the half. And honestly, this one took a big change once Jaden Daniels took that hit to the head. Uh, ended up being rough with the, roughing the passer, but he went out for the rest of the game and, and they had to go to Garrett Nussmeyer, Nussmeyer uh, after that. And they just couldn't come back. Alabama was starting to click on offense. And just a bummer because, excuse me, Gene Daniels was playing very well. He had 219 yards, two touchdowns, he had 163 yards on the ground, one touchdown. And this dude was electric, man. I mean, he, it's clearly why he is a top contender on the Heisman race because. The dude is just so hard to stop. You get everything covered so well, and then he can just scramble, and he just goes twenty yards. The next thing you like, you think you cover it well, and he he's going. And Jalen Milrow does the same thing. He goes twenty for one hundred fifty five yards and four touchdowns himself. He throws to turn their nineteen yards. They both throw the same amount of yardage, which I just that's funny to me. But he played really well, I thought, and LSU really tried to cover them deep and. Same thing. He just took a lot of chances running and they just had a hard time stopping him. And it was just, this was a fun game to watch. And it was a bummer when he went out for injury just because it changed, definitely changed the dynamic. And so hopefully he's okay. Seems like he's in concussion protocol. So hopefully we'll get a word more this week for them. But I, I was a little surprised that wasn't reviewed for targeting just because I'm not saying it necessarily was targeting because it wasn't, it wasn't the clear like hit of like where you see in the straight collision, but because he hits him in the head and then he drives him back, I was kind of expecting just at least review because of how, how that's called usually, but they don't do that. It is rough the passer. I, I still think that should have been reviewed based on how they call other things. I personally, I've watched a lot of football over the past years and I, it's still hard to know like what exactly targeting is depends on the, Depends on the game and, and the interpretation of the rules, but um, it's one of those things where it's like uh, I could see either way in targeting. I was surprised it wasn't reviewed for targeting at all um, with that. So Alabama, you know, they take that loss to Texas, but you look up and they only have one loss, man. And then they they themselves have an interesting stretch. As we go down, they've got Kentucky on the road, which is that's a tough place to play. And they got Chattanooga, and then they got the Iron Bowl, which that's on the road as well. So two tough road games where they'll be favored, but it's it's still tough to know, you know, if they don't lose another one of those. And that's where other ones are trying to keep their eye on that. And then lastly, you have uh, Oregon State goes on the road and beats Colorado in a close one. Oregon State is quietly having a good year as well. And that's where DJ Uyangule, the former Clemson quarterback, he transfers to Oregon State. They're seven and two, but they've notched, you know, now some good wins and they've got an interesting schedule. They host Stanford, which should be a win for them. And then they host Washington and they go on the road to Oregon. So Oregon State could have a lot to say in this Pac 12 race. For themselves and for others trying to make that push. So they're definitely a team to watch, uh, as one might say, like an impact team, or it could change a lot of the course of what's to happen. And then Arizona beats UCLA. 
uh, at home 27 to 10. So that's a little wrap up as well. You know, we'll get more um, play. You know, uh, the playoff rankings will come out on Tuesday night and interesting to see if any big changes. I don't expect so. I would expect Ohio State to stay number one. Um, you made the case, and I'd be interested to see in response to this, like who you think should be number one, really, and not just um, like if, like based on who who feels like the number one team, and then what resume feels like the number one resume right now. I'd be curious to see that kind of a conversation. But there's a wrap up with that. We've got college basketball. I'm recording this on Sunday evening. Um, Monday with the start of college basketball. So super excited for that. A lot of teams start their season this week. Excited to talk more about that as that comes around the corner. But thanks so much for listening. Uh, remember to like and subscribe and review on YouTube or on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go there, like the video. Uh, that would be big for me. Subscribe just so more people can see it. Make sure you get all those notifications. So thanks so much for listening, guys. And for now, we are signing off.